Let's pray real quick. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for tonight. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for what we are experiencing. I thank you, God, for your presence. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that we are seeing uh, you move uh, with our own eyes. And God, I pray tonight that you would be given honor and glory forever and ever. In Jesus' name, amen. So, you guys remember, you guys remember Maurice Claret? How many of you remember Maurice Claret? All right, a few of you. Maurice, now I'm a big Buckeye fan, right? You guys know that. How many Michigan fans are here? I'm sorry you guys are Michigan fans. It's okay. Uh, I'll still be your friend. All right, we can still be friends. So, Ohio State Buckeye fan, big Buckeye fan, been a Buckeye fan for a long time. Pastor Dave still, yeah, Pastor Dave still, big Buckeye fan. When we, when we get back to David and I travel, we always do, you know, the OH, you know, wherever we're at, all that other stuff. And uh, big Buckeye fans, Maurice Claret, he was like this amazing, incredible tailback for us. Uh, 2002, he was a freshman, and he led us to a uh, national championship. I believe that's right here. 2002. National championship. Maurice Claret, this freshman, incredible running back. He had an amazing future. He really did. But he got into trouble. He uh, got into trouble with uh, Ohio State, with the, with the university. Uh, eventually, it led him to getting kicked off the team. He tried to go into the NFL draft. Uh, he finally, uh, eventually did, uh, but it didn't work out. Uh, but eventually, uh, excuse me. Then he went to prison. Then he went to prison for a while for gun possession and a couple other things. He finally got out and he did make it out of the team. He went to the Denver Broncos. He was with the Denver Broncos for three weeks. Three weeks he was with the Denver Broncos. Signed a contract, had like a four-year contract, signed a contract with them, but he had a terrible attitude. And he got into it with the coaches, and they released him in three weeks. And there's no other team in the NFL that would take a chance on him. See, in the NFL, any team within a 24-hour period of a player being released by a team, any team in the NFL can just uh, renew that guy's contract. The same contract, say, hey, you can go play for us, we'll give you the same contract. There's a 24 hour period in the NFL that that is possible. Nobody called. Nobody would take a chance in this guy. This guy, he's just messing up, messing up, messing up. You see, Maurice Corrett had incredible, uh, was incredibly talented in football. And we all know that. God has, has given gifts to all of us. He's given us spiritual gifts. He's given us uh, uh, abilities and talents and passions and all that stuff. And, and there's no doubt in my mind that his athletic ability and the things that he possessed on the football field were from God. I mean, he creates us, right? He creates us. Our gifts, our talents, our, they're all from God. They're gifts from God. So, God entrusted Maurice Pratt with this great talent, this great ability on the football field. Great athlete. What did he do? Threw it away. He didn't use it to glorify God. He didn't use it to even, to even bring honor to his team or his coach or to bring honor to anyone around him. For him, everything was about selfishness. Everything to him was about him. And he self-destructed. Now he plays for, what is it, the United Football League or something? He might have even got cut from that. I don't know. But he's probably making about $40,000 a year, which is a far cry from his multi-million dollar contract. He wasted. He wasted his gifts. The gifts got there. He wasted them. So let me ask you this question. What robs us? of our gifts and the things God has given to us for a purpose. He's given us these things for a purpose. What robs us of those gifts? What would ever cause us to bear our resources? What robs us of those gifts and what would ever cause us to just bury those resources and not use them to honor God and glorify God? You can spout out some stuff here. What would cause that? Fear? Okay. What's the other one? Selfishness? Dating? Did I hear that right? Yep. 
Sit. It's good. Peer pressure. Laziness. I like that one. That defines the generation. Do you guys have something else? Keep going, there's more. What? Drugs? Yep. How about this side? Anybody over here? Call of Duty. I like that one. Call of Duty. Countless hours playing Call of Duty with your gift of your thumb gifts. It's a thumb gift. How about uh, priorities? Maybe that's part of Call of Duty. Priorities, unhealthy relationships, drugs, poor decisions. How about time? It's play on time for the robbers. And we don't use it wisely. That robs us of the gifts and of the resources God has given us. You see, all these resources, everything God has given us, is used and is supposed to be used to bring glory to Him. It's supposed to be used for Him. It's supposed to be used to honor Him, to glorify Him, to advance His kingdom. That's why He's given them to you. Why else would He give you them? To be selfish with them? To bear them? To, to allow things in this world and life to rob you of those things? Oh, geez, I'm God. I think I'm going to give Aaron this incredible talent, this great ability, just to let the world pop him up so I can watch. Does that sound like God? No. It's because that's not what God does. He's giving you resources. He's giving you a mind. He's giving you creativity. He's giving you a heart and a passion and a hunger and a desire to bring honor and glory to Him, to love Him. To do whatever it takes. To make his people. You agree with me? You with me? So everything we have, all these talents, like, he expects us. He expects us to use these things wisely. Whether it's money, whether it's a talent, or an ability, or a gift, no matter what it is, he expects us to use those things wisely. Now listen. I want to read to you Romans chapter 12. This is probably one of my favorite, my, my favorite uh, triple verse in the Bible, which means three verses put together. They're my, my favorite three continuous verses in the Bible. All together right here. Three of them. Let me read it to you. Romans chapter 12, 1 through 3. This is out of the message because I really like that translation. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life. Your everyday ordinary life. You're sleeping. You're eating. You're going to work. You're walking around life. Take it off. Your ordinary everyday life and place it before God as an offer. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. The light bulb should be clicking on. We're clicking over our heads. The light bulb right now. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for Him. Don't become, I like this one, don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Let's just stop that right there. Ask yourself that question. If I just accepted the culture around me, the, the culture of my generation, the culture of, of high school, the culture of partying and, and swearing, the, the culture of, of drugs and, and of alcohol, and the, and the culture of sex and sex and more sex, and, and have I, have I, if I just accepted this culture that's around me to the point where I don't even notice it anymore, where it really doesn't bug me like it used to bug me. Before, you know, a couple years ago, man, it really made me angry. That made me sad. It broke my heart. I would spend, I would spend hours on my knees praying for my friends, praying for this generation, trying to speak life and truth to my friends. But man, it was just like a losing battle. I just gave up. And now I'm This is the well-adjusted culture side. Here I am, I'm standing. 
Instead of being over here where, man, I'm just all about Jesus and I'm not falling into the culture. I don't want to be anything like the culture of this generation. In fact, I want to change the culture of this generation for God's glory, for His kingdom. I'm going to do everything I can to bring them here where we are glorifying God, honoring God. Our lives are laid before Him and offered to Him right here. In this place. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. And you slip in the culture. Because the stuff that is detestable and heartbreaking and heart-wrenching to God is still heart-wrenching to you. To the things that God hates and do the things that God loves. Maybe this is a better question. Do the things that God loves, the, the things that, that God's heart burns for, and the things that He's passionate for. Do the things that burn in Him. Do the things that you're passionate for. Do you desire? Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you think without even thinking. Instead, Fix your attention on God. Fix your attention on God. What does that mean? Fix your attention on God. Well, God wrote this. So maybe we should read it. Okay? That might be part of it. Fix our attention on God. Maybe we need to learn how to include God in our everyday lives so we're not becoming well-adjusted to culture. Including God in our hearts. Including God in our lives. Fixing our attention on the Creator, our Savior, our Redeemer, the God who restored us, the God who made us new, who ripped away the sin from our lives, transformed us, gave us a fresh start, gave us second, third, fourth, fifth, and twenty-six chances. That God, maybe we should fix our attention on Him. Maybe our lives should be wrapped around everything that God wants. According to the scripture. Fix your attention on God. Then scripture gives you the result of that. The result is you'll be changed from the inside out. Let me recognize what he wants from you. And quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you and develops well-formed maturity in you. See, when we begin, when we begin to step over here, and we begin to make our lives and everything that God has given us all about Him to bring Him honor, to bring Him glory, to, 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 to live our lives for Him, to wrap our lives around Him, to, to, to give Him all of our hearts, to, to hold nothing back, it's just Him. My life's about Him. Man, when you start doing that stuff, oh man, there's something happening inside of you. This isn't just a one-time experience that this happens. This is a continual, day after day, It doesn't stop. It continues to, 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 to work in you. It continues to, to, to bring you to the place where you look like Jesus. Where you act like Jesus. Where you speak like Jesus. Where, wow, you recognize Jesus' voice. Because you think like Jesus. And it's very easy for Jesus to communicate with you when you start thinking about Him and learn His language. You know, God has a language. Start learning His language, how He speaks, how He thinks. All of a sudden, your heart starts bumping, your heart starts beating hard. But it's beating the rhythm of God's heart, His desires, and His wants. Well, these guys over here, they're dead. They're dead, they're like dry bones. 
Even some people that call themselves Christians, they're standing right here. They're dead. They're not increasing what God is. Remember, God said, man, if you're faithful with what I give you, and sure, maybe God will just give you some little things. But if you're faithful with the little things, oh my goodness, God's going to start giving you bigger things. And when you're faithful with the bigger things, He's going to give you these huge things. And when you're faithful with these huge things, man, they're going to be ginormous things. I don't know if that's a word. Ginormous. Titanic. Epic. It's going to be massive. Faithful in the world of things. You'll see what God begins to do. Increasing, increasing your talents. You know, I've never been able to outgive God. Even I've told the story before, but maybe some of you are, are new, and I know we have a younger crowd, but you know, when Holly and I, our very first apartment that we got, I don't know how much we made. We didn't make very much. I mean, she was still in school, and I was like this little peon youth pastor at this big church who didn't pay me anything. And, and I was just, I was just, I, I was just, I mean, I was young. I was like right out of college, and man, we didn't make anything. And we had to, we rented this little one-bedroom apartment. I think it was 535 square feet. Some of you are all living in the kitchen to figure it out. 535 square feet, we rented this apartment. We had just about enough money, almost, to pay our bills. <laughs> almost. And you would have believed that every month came and went, and every month I was never late on anything. I never paid one bill late. There was always money there to pay the bill. And you know what else was incredible to me? There's always extra money. There's always extra money for groceries when we needed them. There's always extra money for whatever we needed. It was there. I couldn't believe it. I know still to this day, I don't know how it happened. All I knew is that Holly and I decided when we got married, we decided that no matter what, we were going to pay our time. We were going to give God glory. We were going to give God back to Him. When he talks about the scripture, when he asks us to give back to him, which is our 10%, it's like, man, no matter what, we're doing this first, we're doing this off the top, we're giving God back what he's given to us. We're making sure that we're going to be faithful with that. And we were always faithful with it. And God was always faithful to us. And it was a great lesson for us to learn as this young couple, this young, sharp, good-looking couple, and I still think I'm good-looking, and, and I mean, it was this great lesson. I'm just kidding. It was this great lesson for us to learn. Because it shaped how we live. And we've always done that. And we've always given. And God's always in faith. And God's always giving back. So whether it's money that God has entrusted you with, whether it's talents that He's given you, Talents that advance his kingdom. Every one of you have Every one of you have abilities. Every one of you who's received Christ has supernaturally been given spiritual gifts. And some of you don't know what those are, but every one of you have them. You have at least one. Several of you, many of you, probably most of you have multiple ones. Spiritual gifts. Find out what those gifts are and then use those gifts that God has given you for his glory. Whether it's the gift of, of Hospitality. Maybe it's the gift of, of being a pastor shepherd, which would be maybe just caring for people and caring for your friends. Maybe it's a, a gift of, of teaching that you're developing even now and you may not even know it. Maybe it's a it's a gift of prayer and intercession. Or maybe it's a it's a gift of of, 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 of healing. Maybe man, you can you pray over your friends and people. And maybe you see miracles take place when you lay your hands and you pray your faith. You know, whatever it is, there's, there's like toy in them. There's a lot of, there's a gift of craftsmanship. Man, you just, you're just good with your hands, man. You can fix stuff, you can build stuff. I mean, that's a gift from God. Use it for His glory. No matter what it is. What are the gifts and the abilities of God? Is He giving you the ability to play instruments, to, to play the drums, 
you know, like, like Aaron and Vince, I mean, they're, they're drummers, like guitarists, I mean, it's giving you those things, and use it for God's glory. But to give you an athletic ability, I mean, you're just really good, and, and man, you know, like, uh, like Nate, you know, who's playing, are you playing varsity this year, are you? Playing varsity, you know, as a, or a freshman, sophomore, you're getting old. Sophomore, playing varsity, I mean, man, Nate's got to use that. God's given him a talent. He's got to use that talent, not just on the field to kick the ball. He's got to use that talent to evangelize and present Jesus and be like Christ to his team. Maybe God's giving you the gift of, maybe he's giving you an artistic gift to draw, create. You can just imagine. You look at a canvas or a piece of paper, you can just, you see it before it's there. You see it. And then you just begin to draw it and work it. Shades and I, I'm not an artist, so I don't know. But, you know, whatever it is, you know, you're going to use that for God's glory. Whatever it is. Whatever talents he's giving you. Whatever abilities he's giving you. What, what, any of that stuff. Man, begin to use those things for this people, for his glory. Think about that thing. Just think to yourself for a second. What is it that I'm good at? What is it that God has given Maybe, maybe it's a simple gift of compassion. And you just, man, you just are overwhelmed with compassion for people sometimes. I have that. It's very compassionate. Being very sarcastic, maybe you're laughing. You know, that's, that's a gift that's given. Okay, but it's all right. Maybe, uh, uh, give me another one. Give me another one. Hold right here. What? Mercy. Gift of mercy. Where you just, man, you just. God's a merciful God. I mean, there's no way to have more mercy than God. And if you got mercy, that's amazing. You're becoming more like Christ. More like God. You don't know what it is. What if God has given you a great big house? I mean, a gigantic house. What if when you grow up, He allows you to hit the lottery? I'm just kidding. Don't buy a lottery. I think some money. But maybe you like inherit, you inherit like $8 million from an uncle you didn't know existed, but he knew you and he left you all of his money. Come on, you don't, don't act like you haven't prayed for it before. Alright? He left you all of that. And you just and he had all this money. And he said, you know what? I'm going to buy a big house so I can have teenagers all the time in ministry. So I'm gonna I'm gonna use that money and I'm going to I'm gonna just I'm gonna start building orphanages in India and in Africa, wherever they need them, because man, I know God. God, God has a heart and a passion. The orphan. You know, maybe I'm gonna maybe we use that money to dig wells for, for, for people who don't have water and no water, and their kids in the village are dying. These small children are dying left and right every week, and every child dies because they don't have clean water. That's it. But if they have clean water, the death rate would be nothing. Whatever the case is, whatever. God gives you. You need to use that for God's glory. And tonight, we have an opportunity to give back. Two and a half weeks ago, we set the stage and cast the vision that every one of these chairs represented a life. I represented a student this year who will multiple times, multiple students, who've never heard the gospel, never accepted Christ, never heard the truth. They will sit in these chairs, in this field, and they will hear the gospel. They will hear the gospel preached. They will hear the gospel sung. They will, they, will, they will see the gospel lived out through our student leaders. They will see it lived out through our adults. I mean, they're not going to be able to escape the gospel, but every chair represents one of those lives. 
I want you to look back. Just look, turn around and look back at the sea of chairs. It's a lot of chairs. There's 600 chairs in this place. Did you know it was just a couple years ago that we were running over 700 people on Friday night? 700. I mean, it's, I don't want to share it. Not really this year. God is going to pour out the harvest because we have been faithful. We have been faithful with what God has given us. We have done everything that we possibly can. I think God has just blessed us to be able to do this. Our church board and our pastor believes in us to give us the money to do this. To add some structure so that students won't just be sitting all over the floor and being distracted by Man, their, their face, their face is forward, their face is right here. To hear the word of God, to hear about Jesus Christ. You know? So two and a half weeks ago, we challenged you to begin to sacrifice, to begin to raise money, to do whatever you can, whether you have to give things up, whether you have to be creative and go work and earn it. And I've heard all kinds of cool stories from students doing stuff. All kinds of cool stories. And tonight we've asked you to come. We've asked you to bring your sacrifices. We've asked you to bring what God has given you. What God has put on your heart. And we've asked you to sponsor chairs. Whether it's one chair, two. I've heard a couple students say, yeah, I'm going to do 30. I don't know how I'm going to get the money, but I'm going to do 30. God gave me that number. He gave me 30. He's going to provide. I'm going to go after it. What will you do with what God has given you? What will you do? You cannot give God. When you're faithful with the little things, when you're faithful with something like a chick, He will give you big things. And they will increase in your life. When you're faithful with the little things, During this song, I know many of you have brought your money tonight and you've already said, hey, where do I put this? This is for chairs. No, it's not for chairs. It's for lives. It's for lives who've never heard the gospel. And your schools are full. Your neighborhoods are full. Your communities are full. They're full of young people. They're full of teenagers who have never heard the salvation that Jesus Christ brought. Your generation is a generation that's dying. You're dying. And God, God has called out a remnant from this generation. He has called out young people from all over the country and new ministries all over the country to begin to take a stand, to begin to pray for their city, to begin to ignite a fire in their city, a fire of revival throughout the city that will create a revival throughout the nation. I believe he's called this nation. Always have. But we will never accomplish that to see that appear in our faith. We don't live over here instead of over there with the culture. We don't live here in God's culture, in God's kingdom. We don't begin to see with spiritual eyes what's going on around us. We don't begin to hear with spiritual ears and with spiritual hearts. We will be dead and we'll be just wasting away in a world, in the world's culture. So tonight, man, just going to play on the we may just we may just stand here for uh, a few minutes and just let this sink in. We may just stand here and let God begin to work in our hearts because how many of us have slowed down enough today just to say God speak to me? Not very many of us, including myself.
as you come in, Lord Jesus, to rescue this world. We don't want to miss that. We don't want to be there. We claim your victory, God. We claim your victory over this generation, God. Victory, Father, over our schools. We start naming them right now. We start naming the schools. God, victory over our schools.